This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. him up in the little bitty sheriff meat box. I just don't understand. Okay, Jim. What are you saying? What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess? Screw? Well, let's play chess. Tell me, Shotzi. Is it uh, true what they say about the way you people gifted? He rode a blazing saddle, he wore a shining star. His huh? job to offer battle, to battle here and far. He conquered fear and... Hey, where are the white women at? He turned dark night into day, he made his blazing saddle. We'll head him off at the pass! Take him off at the pass. I hate that cliche. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Films and Fermentation. This is episode 140. That's right. We are Films and Fermentation, a movie and alcohol podcast. I'm Leo. I'm Kevin. I'm Mike. We're three friends who like to talk shit about movies while getting shit-faced. In this episode... They rode on blazing saddles, they wore shining stars. Their job to offer battle to bad men near and far. <laughs> they conquered fear and they conquered hate. They turned their night into day. They made their blazing saddles torch to light the way. <laughs> that's right well done sir well done indeed that's right in case you weren't aware of it tonight we are doing schindler's list <laughs> <laughs> no, we are looking at the 50th anniversary of the mel brooks classic blazing saddles starring gene wilder cleavon little 
Harvey Corman and Madeline Kahn, amongst others. Uh, I say classic because we, the three of us at least, consider it a classic. We know there are people out there that might not agree with some of the things that are in the film, but we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. <laughs> Wait, people don't yes. agree with things in the film? I'm shocked. <laughs> Is it a film? Like, so that's the question. Is it a film that could get made today? <laughs> um, is Deadpool involved? Because that kind of, that kind of lubes the way a bit. <laughs> Speaking of that, I saw the trailer for Deadpool and Wolverine. I'm a little excited about it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. <laughs> I'm also excited for Dune Part 2. Uh, don't forget. Trailers this past yeah, there was a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of neat things that are coming out soon. Uh, don't forget to drop us an email, filmsinformation at gmail.com, or visit linktree.com slash filmsinfermentation. Find all of our social media and podcast links. We also have an official website. It's one of Kevin's favorite places to visit. It's filmsinfermentation.weebly.com. We have a website. <laughs> We've had a website for 140 episodes now, and you can find a link to that on Linktree as well. And I pointed out because on our website, we have a blog section uh, where I occasionally post some ruminations on movies that we've talked about. And this week I posted a, a little essay I wrote on what makes Blazing Saddles relevant. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on this episode. Don't forget you become a part of the Films and Fermentation family by supporting us on Patreon or buying our shit at teespring.com. We are now a part of the Deluxe Edition Network. Find out more about us, as well as the other podcasts at the Deluxe Edition Network, including the podcast of the month, Friends Talking Nerdy, who we share that title with, at deluxeeditionnetwork.com. We'll be right back after these words from Coffee Brothers. I love a good beer, but right now I could use a good cup of coffee. Have you heard about Coffee Brothers? Oh, yeah, they're that comp- coffee company out of New York City, right? Well, they're more like these coffee wizards of New York City. They source these amazing seasonal blends and single-origin coffees. It's like a flavor adventure in every cup. And get this. They roast everything in small batches. None of that mass-produced stuff. It's like each bean gets the VIB treatment. VIB? Very important bean. Hmm. Sounds fancy. But is it worth it? Definitely. Plus, they're a two-person team. I mean, that's dedication right there. Two brothers, one mission to caffeinate the world. And right now, you can save 10% on your order. I mean, who doesn't love a good discount? All right, you've convinced me. Let's get some Coffee Brothers now. Coffee Brothers, where every cup is a sip of perfection. Save 10% on your next order with the code FNF10. That's F and F ten. Cheers to great coffee. Now that we're back from that short break, gentlemen, what are we drinking this evening? Mike, I think you uh, need to go first, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we are talking about blazing saddles in a western, mm-hmm. I'm going with great in the glass with ice. Four Roses Small Batch Bourbon. So just a, a whiskey, <laughs> pretty much. There you go. Kevin, what are you drinking this evening? I feel saddened, my friends. My wife, who's a lot more diligent about um, the cocktails and the drinks for our, our themes, 
for our uh, episodes found this really good cocktail called the Blazing Saddle cocktail. And I just didn't have um, one of the, well, just one small minor ingredient. And I was like, fuck it, I'll just do beer. So, <laughs> fuck it, I'll just do beer. Today I'm drinking the um, second fiddle. That's mm-hmm. uh, a double IPA from Fiddlehead Brewing Company in Shelbourne, Vermont. Uh, it's a double IPA, so you know it's going to be a little bit happy, uh, but it is 8.2% alcohol by volume. Um, never had it before. This was one of the ones that we got at Benash in their mystery 12-pack that my wife picked me up a, a week or so ago, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And if I tend to get through that, I will move on to the Dogtoberfest Marzen Lager from Flying Dog. Um, yeah, which is 5.6%. And says, there is sauerkraut in my lederhosen. I repeat, there is sauerkraut in my lederhosen. <laughs> I am hoping there is no sauerkraut in the beer. But we that see. would be awesome. And then you would know my pain when I drank the fucking V8 beer. <laughs> then there'll, uh, be a, there'll be a sauerkraut and corned beef drinking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> We could, so, at that point, just change it to he's a Reuben-drinking motherfucker. <laughs> I was going to uh, drink straight whiskey tonight as well, Mike, because I figured that's like a very Old West thing to do. But then I was thinking about it as I was doing, as I was looking at some of the trivia for the movie tonight, I realized I kind of lucked my way into a theme. So the character that Madeline Kahn plays, Lily Von Stoop, is loosely Tired. based. Yeah, she's loosely based on a 30s and 40s actress named Marlene Dietrich, who I happen to have a drink dedicated to. I know Kevin's had it. Mike, I'm pretty sure you, you might have had it as well. I know I gave you one. It's the Lily Marlene Lager from Warhorse Brewery is dedicated to Marlene Dietrich. It's 6% alcohol by volume. I've definitely drank it on the show before. It's a very good beer. And just by chance, happens to be the person that uh, Madeline Kahn based her performance on, so it kind of looked so my way. Tired. Into tired. Tired. Let's of playing face the game. <laughs> oh, I got to, I, there's a really good piece of trivia. <laughs> there's a really good piece of trivia about the scene with her and Cleavon Little that I think is amazing. And we'll get to that. Uh, Mike, anything happened this week? This week in film history. Again, I jumped the gun on your uh, your 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 facts. So should I do the first one? Go ahead. <laughs> so this week, um, Marvel announced their cast for the new Fantastic Four film uh, that they're going to be releasing in 2025. So I will give you that cast now, uh, playing the role of uh, the Human Torch, Johnny Storm will be Joseph Quinn, who we probably better best know as Eddie in the last season of Stranger Things. The guy that plays the uh, guitar solo in right. the, the Upside Down. He is going to be the Human Torch. I need music! This is music! <laughs> Eben Moss Backtrack is going to be playing the Thing. I've seen him before, but I don't really know anything that he's been in, but I definitely have seen his face before. He was in the Punisher TV series on uh, Netflix, and he was in Andor, so he must have had like, supporting roles in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing the role 
of Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, Vanessa Kirby, who was recently in the Hobbs and Shaw fan, uh, uh, Fast and Furious spinoff, <laughs> and Amazing. playing the role of Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards, Pedro Pascal. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way, and I like Pedro. I was kind of, you know, John Krasinski with the little, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, I mean, there are, there are different Earths now, so this is fine. Yeah, this is just I think that Earth. was, like, the John Krasinski thing, I was just, like, was, like, fan service. Mm-hmm. Just people had, won- had been clamoring him for him for so long. Mm-hmm. Marvel's right. like, all right, here, here's your taste. And then they killed him off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your next one here, Mike? In 1931, the original Dracula film starring Bela Lugosi as the vampire, as Dracula the vampire, is released. Yes, that word is titular. Oh, well. <laughs> I had a couple drinks before. I this, saw though. you looking at it, and I was like, oh, he, he's looking at this word. Like, why does it say tit? <laughs> Titty Euler. Titty Euler. I've had too much already. <laughs> Uh, we Children of the Night, what yeah. beautiful music they make. make. I never drink wine. So we've talked about this a few times because we talked about it both with the Monster Squad batshit crazy episode and when we did our recasting of Universal Monsters uh, during one of our previous Halloween specials. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what you got next? In 1950, Walt Disney's animated film Cinderella premieres in Boston. Cinderella, Cinderella. Night and day, Cinderella. <laughs> Katie's favorite princess. Yeah, one of my wife's favorite films. And uh, speaking of favorite films, this is one of mine. <laughs> In 1991, The Silence of the Lamb, film based on a book by Thomas Harris, directed by Jonathan Demme, and starring Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins, is released. Best Picture in 1992. It puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Or else it gets the hose again. I saw a few, like, uh, Valentine's Day memes this week with, with him involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was the guy last week who submitted uh, uh, the most romantic quote is, I'd fuck me, I'd fuck me so hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Silence of the Lambs, if I'm not mistaken, I might be, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not mistaken, is the last film to win the five major Oscars because it won for best picture, best actor, best actress, best director, and best screenplay. And uh, that doesn't happen very often. I think it's probably the last time it did. Uh, you have any must-try beer craft destination for this evening, Mike? I have a must-try beer. This is Yummy Beer West Coast Style IPA. Yummy Bear. Yummy, be- yummy Bear. Oh, Yummy Bear. I was going to say most beers are yummy. Yeah, yummy, yummy bear, bouncing here, here there and everywhere. everywhere. And I know, it's hopping because it's all the hops. It's hopping. Yeah, it's, 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 hopping. it's bouncing. It's hopping. I heard they is put it, more hops in it. They do because it's a West Coast style <laughs> IPA from Shirley Brewing Company, Minnesota. Uh, the West Coast style IPA usually follows the San Diego model: light in body and color, with a sharp bitterness and commanding hop flavor. And aroma. Shirley's does a commendable job replicating the style and chooses to keep things unfiltered and hay and hazy orange gold. The hops have the orange peel and citrus citrus of old sea hop 
varieties, and the alcohol is just about in range at 6.9% APV. There you go. Yummy bear. Yummy bear. Yeah, bouncing here and there. So I would go back to the... Here and there and everywhere. To go back to the... Film history facts that you had, Mike. I was right. The Silence of the Lambs was the last film to win the Big Five. It's only happened three times. It happened one night in 1934. One flew over to Cuckoo's Nest in 1975, and The Silence of the Lambs in 1992. What was the first one? It it happened one night in 1934. I understand it happened one night, but what was the name of the movie? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. I try to make a funny. I know. Kev, I should have asked you again before the show. Do you have any? <laughs> <laughs> I got to do some more pre-show. Hey, look, look. <laughs> I see it on there. I'll just come up with something. I'm usually pretty good at finding things that I can bring to our attention. So, uh, so we might have some beer news that is good news. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, what are we up to this weekend? Is anybody doing anything on Friday, February 23rd? Would you like to visit one of our old hauntings, the Chamonix sure. Creek Brewing Company? Mm-hmm. Because if you would, right now, the Chamonix doing this Friday, they're doing tapes from the creek, mystery VHS screenings. I think we did <laughs> one of this before, uh, with uh, the great outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, According to them, get ready for a mind-bending night of nostalgia as we dive into the mysterious world of Tapes from the Creek, mystery VHS screenings. Um, Dive into the world of VHS tapes for a new series of mystery screenings presented by Tapes from the Crypt. Immerse yourself in the grainy goodness of old-school movies with old-school trailers and commercials, where the plot twists and turns will keep you on the edge of your seat Watch the movies in the brew house that will give uh, that will have you laughing till beer comes out of your nose or screaming till screaming your hop head off. You won't know what we will be showing until we pop in the tape and hit play. I kind of like that. The cool idea. Um, you know, it's it's really because there were tapes that weren't labeled growing up. Remember the things <laughs> your parents would tape over things? Yeah, that's the um, stuff that you're not supposed to be watching that your dad watched at night. <laughs> Don't miss out on this one-of-a-kind experience (laughs) and join us for an unforgettable night of retro vibes, vendors, concessions, and more. We're hoping to make this an ongoing series at the brewery, so spread the word and bring your friends. Consider the word spread. (laughs) Uh, The Baba Louie barbecue truck will be on site for the night. If you uh, need a little more than popcorn and um, M&Ms. Yeah, so it's taking place tomorrow night. Starts at 8. Um, you said the twenty-third. Company, huh? You said the twenty-third. Tomorrow night is the seventeenth. Yeah, or the sixteenth. <laughs> so prepare next weekend for <laughs> It'll be next Friday. The... <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a week early. Doing, um, when we record two of these in the same week, I kind of figure we're yeah. on the next week already. <laughs> but it's at Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company, which is in Croydon. Just, you know, stay on State Road and then at that first light, make a right and take it all the way to the river. Essentially, mm-hmm. you'll find it. <laughs> um, we've been there before. It's I know a good it time. 
I remember from the great outdoors one though is not being able to hear the film because it's so loud in there, but it didn't matter because we yeah. can quote the whole film anyway. So. <laughs> so. But that was that, beer news. Good news. That was pretty good news. Is that the night we're doing Quizzo though? Quizzo is Saturday the twenty fourth. Oh, the next night. Uh, okay. Yeah, next ah. night. Yeah. <laughs> beer news is good news. Is brought to you by Newsly.me. Newsly.me is an audio super app for iOS and Android that reads the news to you in a natural human voice, just like Evans. <laughs> Go to Newsly.me today and use the promo code Anferment to get the first month premium subscription for free. Uh, I got a note from the last show. Just one note. Uh, I forgot one romantic line. It's from the movie Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, I like. I love this movie, and I love this line. And I'm like disappointed that I forgot about it because I thought it was one of the best ones I ever heard in the movie. Um, stars Michelle Yeoh, who's my girl. You know that already. And Chow Yun Fat as uh, these like warrior guardians in China, guardians of this like special sword. And they're in love with each other, but because she was married previously to a man that he was friends with before dying, and because of their positions or whatever, like they're in love with each other, but it's unrequited. They never like admit it to each other throughout the entire film, but you could always tell like when they're together, there's like all this tension and stuff. And then at the very, very end of the film, uh, he gets mortally wounded and he's, he's laying in her arms dying. And it's the, he finally decides to tell her then that he's in love with her and she's in love with him and all that. And she tells him, you know, you have to stay. Uh, we need to, to say the prayers over your body so that your soul is not damned. And he tells her, I'd rather be a ghost damned to walk the earth for eternity by your side than have to spend a day in heaven without you. Whoa. <laughs> that's I'm like, pretty good. That's a fucking great line. And I'm so yeah. angry that I forgot that one. That could have won. Yeah. Ghost laid. Go ahead. Uh, so in lieu of a glyph synopsis this week, we're not doing a glyph synopsis. Uh, I'm going to kind of no entice synopsis you according to glip. Yeah. No synopsis according to glip. Uh, I want to try to entice you to go to our website, films of fermentation dot dot com W E E B L Y and check out the films of fermentation blog section. Uh, I have a few articles on there where I, I wrote things about some of the movies that we've reviewed or like dedications to actors who passed away. Uh, but my last uh, article that I wrote on here is called Defending Blazing Saddles. Uh, since we're going to be talking about Blazing Saddles tonight in the 50th anniversary, I had a few things to say about it. Uh, directed by Mel Brooks, released in 1974, it's a significant piece of cinema that should not be dismissed or canceled due to its language or themes. Uh, the themes of the film, or it's a satire of racism and prejudice. It's <laughs> it's uh, it uses humor and exaggeration to shine a spotlight on the absurdity of racial discrimination. It's a comedy exposing the ugliness of racism. Think about the historical context of the film and when it takes place. Um, it was also filmed at a time where, where civil rights were a major conversation in America. Mm-hmm. Mel Brooks and his co-writer, who happens to be Richard Pryor, we're constantly breaking taboos in their comedy and in their movies. Uh, it leaves a cultural impact because of its legacy. Uh, you have to remember that it is a form of artistic expression, and we are allowed to express ourselves artistically. 
canceling or censoring a film would be a disservice to the creative vision of Mel Brooks. And finally, I feel like there is some sort of educational value in this film. Uh, if you engage the film critically, you can gain a deeper understanding of the complexities of race relations as it's shown through the comedy and the satire. I have a lot more to say about that. I mean, it's a pretty much a full essay I wrote on it because I had some you know time on my hands this week. Uh, so I have a lot. I had a lot to say because I, I hate when people say, "Oh, it's a film that can't be made nowadays." I mean, we say it all the time ourselves about a lot of different films, but it bothers me because it's like you have to look at a film in its context, and it's a film that if you look at it in the right context, you know, you can enjoy it despite the language and all that stuff. So now that I've uh, put a damper on everything. <laughs> we're gonna take a short break and listen to some promos from some of our friends at the deluxe edition network but when we come back we're going to talk about blazing saddles and celebrate its 50th anniversary and we're going to do so in a humorous fashion not in a downer fashion like i just did <laughs> so we'll see you after the break are you a fan of all things nerdy? Do you love delving into the latest pop culture trends while also staying updated on the news of the day? Hey there, fellow enthusiasts. Professor Aubrey here, and I'm thrilled to invite you to join us on Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast, where we dive deep into all things geeky, from movies and TV shows to video games and comics. That's right, folks. It's Tim the Nerd, your friendly neighborhood geek, ready to discuss the latest professional wrestling updates alongside our takes on tech innovations and the entertainment industry. But that's not all. We also understand the importance of mental health, and we weave in thoughtful discussions on self-care and mindfulness. So, if you want to geek out while also taking care of your well-being, tune in to Friends Talking Nerdy. Friends Talking Nerdy. Where pop culture meets mindfulness. Listen now on all major podcast platforms. This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. The Deluxe Edition Network, also known as The Den, is an incredible podcast network that offers a wide variety of entertaining and informative podcasts. With a lineup of shows covering various topics, such as interviews with a wide variety of guests, history, music, relationships, true crime, and so much more, The Den provides content that caters to a diverse range of interests. The hosts and guests on the Deluxe Edition Network demonstrate a deep passion and expertise in their respective fields making each episode on each show engaging and thought-provoking. The network fosters a sense of community by encouraging listeners to interact through live chats, social media, and forums, creating an inclusive environment for discussion and sharing opinions. With its commitment to high-quality production, the shows in the Deluxe Edition Network continue to captivate and entertain its ever-growing audience. Whether you're a podcast enthusiast or someone looking to explore new topics, The Den is a fantastic platform to dive into and uncover fascinating insights from experts in their fields. The Deluxe Edition Network is the home of independent awesomeness. To find all these great podcasts in one convenient location, head over to DeluxeEditionNetwork.com. That's DeluxeEditionNetwork.com. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. 
If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. So uh, we're back <laughs> from our short break. We're going to be talking about the 50th anniversary of Blazing Saddles. That's your cue, Kev. <laughs> Who sang it better, me or him? I should have had the reverb on when I sang it earlier. <laughs> so, as I usually do when we talk about movies on here, I go right to IMDb for one of their amazing synopses. So, according so, to, IMDb, to IMDb, according to IMDb, so the IMDb synopsis for Blazing Saddles is: In order to ruin a western town, a corrupt politician appoints a black sheriff, who promptly becomes his most formidable adversary. It almost sounds like an actual like western. Like, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like D- D- uh, Django Unchained. Yeah, it's like a seriously western you know? about like racism and, and corruption. Uh, but the actual synopsis is Rockridge, eighteen seventy four. Determined to run a new railroad through the dusty American frontier town, conniving land speculator Hedley Lamar That's has nerve. No, it's Hedy. It's Hedley. Hedy is the wrong name. Hedley. Hedley. Hedley Lamar has the nerve to uproot its peaceful inhabitants. With law and order being the last thing the ruthless land grabber wants, Lamar convinces the botched governor, William J. Lepetamine, to do something dangerously unprecedented. As a result, hoping for disorder and a hasty exodus, they appoint an unsuspecting nobody named Bart as the community's first black sheriff. But there's no such thing as a foolproof plan. And when Sheriff Bart signs up the Waco Kid, uh, a washed-up gunslinger with an obscure past as his deputy and right-hand man, change is afoot. Now, for the first time in a long while, the townspeople can make a stand. However, can they foil Headley's ludicrous money-making scheme? <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> it's Headley. Headley. So uh, that is just a, a brief synopsis of the film. Uh, one of the alternate titles of the movie was Black Bart, uh, which goes along with the main character. He's a black man named Bart. Uh, I think Blazing Saddles is a much better title. <laughs> yep. I hear Black Bart and I think of a Christmas story. Wasn't that the uh, villain that uh, was that the bully? <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't the bully, but it was. Oh no! Uh, he's, he, oh, I know what you mean. The, the when he does the daydream about fighting yeah, the guy. All right, Black. Bart, it might have been, might have been Black Bart. Yours. I I think I hear Black Bart, and I think like a like a pirate movie, like <laughs> Black Bart. Um, there was a Blazing Saddles TV spinoff, 
No. Uh, yeah, like a year after, it was starring uh, Louis Louis Gossett Jr. as Black Bart. The show was actually called Black Bart, and it was supposed to be a spinoff. It lasted one episode before being canceled. <laughs> was uh, it because of the content? It, well, no, it was like just a basic sitcom with like a laugh track in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're interested in seeing that pilot and how horrible it actually is, you can watch the whole thing for free on YouTube. <laughs> so. Uh, let's take a look at some trivia, shall we, for Blazing Saddles. There is one thing about this movie that bothered me real quick. What's that? They sing a song that's anti-us. They sing a song with what? That's anti-our our show. Anti-our show? How's yeah. that? How's that? I can't hear it. You're trying to play something, I can't hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, damn it. <laughs> Is it the song that they sing about the townspeople at the beginning? In the little town of no. Rockridge. <laughs> no, I get no kick out of champagne. Beer. Oh, <laughs> oh that's the, yeah, yeah. When they say, sing one of your slave ditties. <laughs> I get no kick no from champagne. champagne. alcohol, it doesn't thrill me at all. And, then, and that leads to like one of the first insensitive comments of the film that I'm not going to repeat, but. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all dance around like a bunch of Kansas City. <laughs> yep. That uh that guy there is Slim Pickens, who is uh, uh pretty famous actor, done a lot of westerns. He was in um Doctor Strange Love. He's the guy that rides the, the bomb down to the down to the earth. <laughs> was that his actual name or was that a stage name like Rick? I'm fairly certain Slim Pickens was a stage name. <laughs> You know, like Slim was like that popular like cowboy like nickname, you know. Uh Cleavon Little was not the original star of the film. The original star was Richard Pryor, uh, who yep. co wrote the film with Mel Brooks. Uh but the studio thought that he was too dangerous to cast in a film because of his material and his uh well known drug use. Uh, little did I know. In the time yeah, is little, little did I know he would go on to be one of the most successful comedic actors of all time. Anyway, uh, but then they decided to cast Cleavon Little, who was not a a film actor at the time. He was a stage actor. He actually was a a Tony Award winning stage actor uh, who had done some TV, but that's it. Uh, other casting uh, changes were uh, Gene Wilder was uh, the character was originally played by an actor named Gig Young. Who was a raging alcoholic in real life <laughs> and was so drunk on the first day of shooting that they fired him and hired Gene Wilder. It was like a day's notice. <laughs> uh, Gene Wilder actually learned a script on the flight to LA. <laughs> I think it was for the better, too. I, I can't imagine somebody other than Gene Wilder playing that character. Uh, was this pre or post uh, Young Frankenstein? This was free because uh, this was 1974. Young Frankenstein, I think, was 76, 75, 76. Because Gene Wilder wrote the script for Young Frankenstein and told Mel Brooks he could direct it, but he wasn't allowed to be in it. (laughs) (laughs) He had done the producers with Mel Brooks prior to that in 1969. Um, So this was like a run for for Mel Brooks. He had the producers, then he had this film. Then he had Young Frankenstein. He had the 12 chairs. He had History of the World not too long after that. Um, 
I mean, you know, it, it was a run for him in the early in the late seventies, early eighties. <laughs> the Fra- the theme song "Blazing Saddles" was sang uh, sung by a singer named Frankie Lean. Mel Brooks, when he hired him, didn't tell him that the movie was a comedy. Uh, he wanted Frankie Lane to believe that it was a dramatic western so that he would sing the song with conviction. <laughs> Afraid he would take it as like a comedy. Uh, <laughs> Harvey Corman's character, Hedley Lamar, is a play on the name Hedy Lamar, who's a real person. Hedy Lamar sued Mel Brooks over the use of the name Hedley Lamar and settled with him out of court. <laughs> While the, when the film was screened for Warner Brothers executives, none of them laughed, and the movie looked like the movie looked to be a disaster that the studio cannot release. Mel Brooks quickly set up a subsequent screening for the studio's employees. When the regular folks laughed uproariously throughout the movie, Warner Brothers finally agreed to take a chance on releasing it. It would go on to be Warner Brothers' best film of 1974, like the most successful film. They made the most money that year. Uh. <laughs> Let's see here. Let's wow. look for a good one. Actually, Young Frankenstein came out in 74, too. Oh, it did. So it was the same year. Oh. Yeah. That's a they big year for, for Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder. <laughs> uh, Gene Wilder and Cleavon Little quickly became friends on set. Since Little was a Broadway actor, Wilder would give him pointers on acting in front of the camera. <laughs> After promising... Well, he one- also broke the fourth wall, didn't he? The uh, Bart character would break the fourth wall and talk to the camera. He did a couple times in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think there's a good, there's a couple characters that break the fourth wall in it. Especially about off. the whole gun to the head. It's like black people are like, dumb. <laughs> the Mar broke uh, broke character, mm-hmm. or not broke character, but broke the fourth wall. Where's my froggy? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Lamar, you, you, you're your tongue prettier than a twenty-dollar whore. <laughs> I can't get over that quote. I don't know why it just cracked me up. Uh, this is the one I, I wanted to tell you guys about. Uh, after promising Warner Brothers that he would edit out several offensive scenes, such as the infamous farting sequence, Mel Brooks <laughs> never cut a single scene except for one. After the room is darkened, when uh, Lily Von Stoop, played by Madeline Kahn, uh, asks Levon Little, is it true true what they say about your people? She's like, it's true. It's true. There's a deleted scene. You can actually see the deleted scene on, like, DVD uh, where he says, I hate to tell you this, but you're sucking on my arm. (laughs) (laughs) The song that Madeline Kahn sings, I'm Tired, Mel Brooks claims is the dirtiest song he ever wrote in his life. <laughs> uh, anybody have anything else they would like to pick out of here? There's a few good things in here. <laughs> Richard Pryor came up with the character Mongo, played by former NFL player Alex Harris. Candy Graham from Mongo. <laughs> Candy Graham from Mongo. Dom DeLuise claimed that the role of the director of the film within a film, The French Mistake, I love that the name of the movie is The French Mistake, was supposed to be played by Peter Sellers. However, after Mel Brooks endured an exhaustive four-hour audition, he went with Dom DeLuise instead. <laughs> that was a, that's a great scene, too. 
stick out your tush. <laughs> uh, when auditioning for the role of Lily Von Stoop, Madeline Kahn was asked by Mel Brooks to pull up her skirt so he could see her legs. Boy, talk about something that won't go over nowadays. I'm kidding. <laughs> he was hesitant, being unclear of Brooks's intentions. Brooks assured her that he was a happily married man. He was married to Anne Bancroft at the time. He just wanted to see if she had legs good enough to approximate Marlene Dietrich's famous gams. She lifted her skirt and said, no touching. The Lily Von Stoop character was a parody of Marlene Dietrich. <laughs> yeah, that would be a whole series of cancellations if a producer brought an actress <laughs> into a studio and been like, I need to see your legs. Lift up your skirt. <laughs> this was a cool Who are you, Harvey Weinstein? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Here's Mike, you said this. You said this one last week that it was it, it premiered at the Pickwick Theater in Burbank, and and uh, people rode in on horses to watch the film. Yeah, this one's good. Cleavon Little was not warned about the you know moron line. That was his real. <laughs> that was his real reaction to yeah, it. It's a, a natural reaction to that line. It's a, it's a great improvisation from uh, Gene Wilder. This one is interesting only because I didn't know that this was something that they did in the 1950s. The bull that Mongo rides has. Yes, painted on the one side and no, painted on the other. Mm -hmm. But this is a reference to the practice in the 1950s of marking the back of school buses for which side was safe to pass on, essentially implying that Mongo and his mount are as big as a bus. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that they painted yes and no on the back of school buses back then. I didn't know I didn't that either. Nowadays. I, <laughs> yeah, I had to, I, that's one I had to like look up specifically because I, I, for mm -hmm. the longest time, I was like, I have no idea why it's, I always thought it was something political. Like it was supposed yeah. to be like some sort of because like he's riding in on an ass, you know. Like I thought it was like something political, but it's not. Uh, there's a there's here. I'll hear it. I was looking for this one. The governor character that Mel Brooks plays briefly in the film is Governor Lepetamine. He's named after a popular turn of the century French performer named Joseph Pujol, whose stage name was Lepetamine. Pujol was famous for his remarkable control of his abdominal muscles which enabled him to inhale air into his rectum and expel the air upon command, farting at will. His stage name combines the French verb pater, to fart, with manet, suffix meaning maniac, which translates to fartomaniac. The profession was referred to as a flatulist, a fartour, or a fartiste. He told that stories. He told stories <laughs> punctuated with flatulence, demonstrating his ability to blow out candles from two feet away with his back turned and performed La Marseille with and popular tunes. So basically the governor's actual name translates as William Fartomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot of information for that one joke. <laughs> for the desert shot, Slim Pickens stayed on location in his RV and would sit out front in the evenings with a campfire and his Winchester rifle. <laughs> <laughs> Man's man. So, in 1975, Mel Brooks gave an interview with Playboy magazine where he said that he mentioned Raisinets in the Blazing Saddles movie, and now the company sends him a gross of them every month. He gets a gross of Raisinets. A gross of Raisinets. I definitely think Raisinets are gross. He's 97 years old. Do you think he still gets Raisinets sent to him every month? Old people love raisins, dude. <laughs> Madeline Kahn started working on the movie the day after being fired from the role of Agnes Gooch in Maine. Lucille Ball believed that Kahn got herself fired by deliberately acting poorly 
so that she could take the role of Lily Von Stoop in this film instead. She still got paid for the goose role in Mame, which by her contract wouldn't have happened if she merely quit. <laughs> that is why Madeline Kahn is a national treasure. <laughs> uh, the Indian chief played by Mel Brooks speaks Yiddish. <laughs> that one I had known about before. Uh, there's so many great things. I mean, I'm not going to go through everything because there's so many. The uh, medieval hangman that appears at the beginning of the film outside Hedley Lamar's office returns in, in Robin Hood Men in Tights. And it's played by the same played by the same actor, Robert Ridgely. Oh wow. I like yep. that all, all the men in the town are named Johnson. <laughs> Howard, Howard Johnson, Johnson, Dean Johnson, Olaf Johnson. <laughs> the Howard Johnson's ice cream parlor has one flavor in the town of Rock Ridge. It's a reference to the Johnson's restaurant and hotel chain, which was famous for its 28 flavors of ice cream. <laughs> uh, yes, Johnny Carson to play the Waco kid. I know. I haven't, I, I'm trying to think like how that would have worked with Johnny Carson and Gene Wilder role. I don't know Johnny Carson for like acting other than like playing characters on his, on his talk show. Yeah. You know, it'd be weird. Uh, <laughs> the film was almost not released at all when screened for executives there were a few laughs at Mel Brooks the head of distribution said let's dump it and take a loss studio president John Kelly insisted they open in New York, LA and Chicago as a test it became the studio's top money maker that summer the movie premiered on February 7th 1974 at the Pickwick like we said Cleavon Little Gene Wilder and others rode in on horses to watch the event on the marquee outside Grauman's Chinese Theater, the flashing title Blazing Saddles is a Matt Layen. The film's temporary title Black Bart can actually be seen in one of the posters on the wall outside the theater. <laughs> Mel Brooks the does a lot of voiceovers in the film, so a lot, a lot of the German voices you hear are Mel Brooks. The N-word is spoken a total of 13 times. Yeah. Feels like it's more than that. <laughs> I don't think they say the whole thing. <laughs> Like the sheriff is a no. Yeah. <laughs> Mel Brooks' character has GOV on the back of his jacket. He did the same gag in the Muppet movie from 1979. <laughs> yeah, just big gov on the back of his jacket. Big gov. <laughs> uh, <laughs> after the initial screening, one of the executives walked up to Mel Brooks with a list of items that need to be changed. Mel took the list, said he would consider the suggestions. And as he walked out of the room, dropped them in the nearest wastebasket. <laughs> That's a man with clout. <laughs> uh, oh, here, here we go. Here's one. The original plan for the film was to have Alan Arkin direct and James Earl Jones playing Bart. Okay. <laughs> I'm just reading as I go down. That's weird. <laughs> uh, any other good ones? Waco. I am your father. <laughs> Alex Garris was a defensive lineman for the Detroit Lions. He missed the 1963 NFL season because he was suspended for gambling. <laughs> hey, yeah, Max Brooks was born during the production. Uh, Jim's line, I must have killed more men than Cecil B. DeMille is a reference to many onset deaths that occurred on DeMille's films. 
let's do one more good one here. Uh, number nine on Bravo's list of the hundred funniest movies. I have to look that up. I want to see what the other movies are that are funnier than it. <laughs> if you go down to the bottom, there's like the the spoiler things. It's number six on AFI's 100 Years of 100 Laughs. Uh, I think it should be higher. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think there's, that's about it. I don't think there's anything that's really to go yeah, through. We're, we're, there's, there's a lot on there. What is um, your favorite scene and or favorite quote from the film? <laughs> you need a minute to think about that one? or no. Yours is where the white women at? No. <laughs> I think mine is, is the, uh, you know, morons. Yeah. <laughs> These are people of the earth. Simple folk. Salt of the land. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, you know morons. morons. <laughs> I love any scene with Black Bart where he's showing off his quick speed. Mm. You're not black part with uh, Waco um, Kid. Waco Kid. showing off the, the... So it's like, put your hand around that, that chest piece. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like in his pocket. Or when he shoots the guns out of the guy's hands, but his hands never moved. <laughs> but in that scene, if you go back, if you, what do you see? The guns and, the, and his hosters are smoking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'd I better go check, uh, check out this Mongo character. <laughs> goes for the gun. Oh no! Don't do that! Don't do that! If you shoot him, he'll just make him in the head. <laughs> I don't, the hardest thing was coming up with the candy gram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to bring up the quote page here, or, or, uh, or, the, or the one where you'll be well enough not not to mention this to anybody. And she bring, after she leaves the pie for yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> what does she say? She's like. Um, uh, remember, yeah. <laughs> oh. Sorry, there's some. Uh, this is after up. after uh, Bart returns after he was sentenced to death, and like his friends, his his uh, former slave friends, see him for the first time. Heard you were hung. He goes, and he was right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Boys, look what I got here. Hey, where the white women at? <laughs> oh, here's your line, Mike. Uh, what do you think they're going to say? Welcome home, Sonny. Make, welcome, Sonny. Make yourself at home. Marry my daughter. You got to remember that these are just simple farmers. People of the land. Common clay of the new West. You know. Morons. <laughs> Stampeding cattle. That's not much of a crime. Through the Vatican. Kinky. Kinky. <laughs> I like this one here when when Waco wakes up in the in the prison cell. He's like, the drunken number two must be awake. Are you awake? And he goes, We're not sure. Are we black? Are we black? <laughs> yes, we, we are. are. And we're awake. We're, awake. we're very puzzled. One of the oh, best lines. Excuse me while I whip, whip this, this out. out. That's a great scene too. That's him showing a up. A little bastard shot me in the ass. 
everybody was challenging the Waco kid. Yeah. <laughs> now, the scene you just mentioned, Kev, the, excuse me, I'll whip this out. It's a great scene, too, because it's like they have this big celebration for the new sheriff and <laughs> pointing guns at him. Uh, there's the uh, reference to the treasure of Sierra Madre when he hands the badges to the Mexican rebels, and they're like, badges? We don't need those stinking badges. What's your name? Well, my name is Jim, but most people call me Jim. <laughs> Men, you're about to embark on a great crusade to stamp out runaway decency in the West. Now you men will only be risking your lives whilst I'll be risking an almost certain Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and then, uh, uh, the truth be told, the only Oscar nomination for acting out of this film went to Madeline Kahn for Best Supporting Actress, playing Lily Von Stoop. <laughs> yeah. He specifically requested to bleep. Well, to tell your family secret, my grandmother was Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like another Schnitzengruppen? No, thank you. Fifteen is my limit on Schnitzengruppen. <laughs> well, then, how about a little... And she whispers in his ear, Baby, please, I'm not from Havana. <laughs> Will I ever see you again? It all depends on how much vitamin E I can get my hands on. <laughs> Uh, what do you, what do you want me to do, sir? I want you to round up every vicious criminal gunslinger in the West. Take this down. I want rustlers, cutthroats, murderers, bounty hunters, desperados, mugs, pugs, thugs, nitwits, halfwits, dimwits, vipers, snipers, conmen, Indian agents, Mexican bandits, muggers, buggerers, bushwhackers, hornswogglers, horse thieves, bulldogs, train robbers, bank robbers, ass kickers, shit kickers, and Methodists. <laughs> <laughs> Can you repeat that, sir? <laughs> uh, God, it's so it's so immensely quotable. This movie. Uh, here's my favorite one, Mike. I, I keep I keep mentioning. My mind is a raging torrent, flooded with rivulets of thought, cascading into a waterfall of creative alternatives. God darn it, Mister Lamar! You use your tongue prettier than a twenty dollar whore. <laughs> a man drink like that and don't eat. He's going to die. <laughs> when? <laughs> well, Jim, this is when uh, he, he releases uh, Waco from the, the prison cell and they're having a drink together. And he's, well, Jim, since you are my guest and I am your host, what's your pleasure? What do you like to do? And he goes, oh, I don't know. Play chess. Screw. Screw. Well, let's play chess. <laughs> 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 uh yeah and then there's so many quotes that like I, we can't say because it's just <laughs> use of derogatory terms you know disallows yes. it, but there's so many really funny ones look at um, my hand steady as a rock yeah but i shoot with this one <laughs> uh <laughs> cecil build my Mon mongo only pawn in game of life <laughs> Qualifications: <laughs> uh, rape, murder, yeah. arson, rape, etc. Twice. I really I like the raping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for the one where he says "kinky." <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Quicksand. 
dang, that was lucky. We nearly lost a four hundred dollar hand car. He'll <laughs> even spark a friend. In now we're in trouble. They're in trouble. <laughs> They're in trouble. Hey, the sheriff is a nick. What did he say? He said the sheriff is near. <laughs> uh, piss on you. I'm working for Mel Brooks. <laughs> Can't find it, man. I'm trying to find the one where he says kinky. There's like the guy says something. It's one of the, uh, I think that's the one you said, uh, Kev, where he's like, I, I rushed uh, yeah, Stampede was, through the yeah, mat again. Or Stampede. Like, kinky. <laughs> it's right here. Stampede. Cattle, not much of a crime through the Vatican. Kinky, sign here. And it was actually, it was actually Bart that said that uh, in, his, in his disguise. Oh, in the uh, when they're in the KKK disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Qualifications: arson, armed robbery, mayhem. Wait a moment. What do you got in your mouth? Nothing. Nothing. Gum, sir. Chewing gum on line A. Had you brought enough for everybody? <laughs> I know there's gonna be so many people. And he shoots him, and Jim goes, "Boy, he's strict." <laughs> uh, <laughs> when the uh, one guy gets startled and jumps up to, into uh, Edley's arms, he goes, "It's okay. It's just a man and his horse being on." Ah, God. And they, uh, he's in the tub, and he's having a bath, and the guy's brushing his bag. And, Where's my froggy? <laughs> uh, but for me, I think my favorite scene is, um, oh, God, there's so many great ones. <laughs> Maybe Billy Von Stoop's performance. <laughs> tired, tired of playing the game. <laughs> What has aged best or worst in this movie? Well, <laughs> well, well, I think what's aged best is the satire to me mm-hmm. at least. I mean, because I understand that it's supposed to be satire, it's not supposed to be, you know, out- overtly offensive. It's uh, making a joke about what's offensive for the sake of showing the ignorance behind it all. Plus, uh, yeah. Madeline Kahn is a national fucking treasure, so she's aged well no matter what. <laughs> Anytime. Do you uh, think, go ahead, Kev. I was just going to say, do you think kids today, growing up, um, not having you know the exposure that we had growing up, will understand the movie and appreciate it? No. Only if they have an open mind and their understanding of what the message is, but if they're a you know, easily offend it, and nobody, they're not going to be able to enjoy it. Mm. I think that's what's age worst is that, you know. Well, I think that's the part is like, will they know why it's a satire? Will they know why it's critiquing or what it's critiquing? That's why I love that message. Like you, we had mentioned this pre show. Uh, if, you, if anybody out there wants to watch uh, Blazing Saddles, if you have a subscription to Max, HBO Max, um, you can watch it on there now. And there's a really great disclaimer. Uh, I don't know the woman's name, but she's a uh, a host on like one of the AMC like like classic movie shows, and she gives this like awesome disclaimer at the at the beginning of the film about why it's relevant culturally and comedically and 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 all that stuff. And it's you know if you listen if you take her words seriously, you can watch the film in that context. I think it has meaning, but 
if you're not willing to to listen to that message and you want to watch the film as you want to watch it, then whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. The film's not for you, don't watch it. Um does it hold up today? To me it does because I still think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd be repeating myself if I said, you know, everything I just said again. So uh, if you had to give an Oscar to one person in the film, who would it be? Gene Wilder. So, so I already said, like, the one nomination for acting it got was for Madeline Kahn. Uh, Her role did, was too small, I thought. Well, it was supporting actress, so, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, she didn't win, but she was nominated for it. Uh, I like Gene Wilder. I think he would. He, he's good for, for probably, like, supporting actor. Um. I would give it to Mel Brooks for the screenplay. Mel Brooks and hmm. Richard Pryor for the screenplay. I think the screenplay should have got it, at least a nomination. That's them pickings for supporting actor. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then at the Oscars, they can show take a show to scenery. He's like, "Sir, your tongue, use your tongue prettier." <laughs> <laughs> um, if if. Hypothetically, if you were able to make this film today, uh, who could you recast in, in it for a modern audience? And you don't have to do every character, but like if you want to just choose one and throw somebody in there. I think I'd put Ryan Reynolds as the Waco kid. Okay. Possibly. Yeah. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking like Ryan Gosling for the Waco kid. He could play that sort of like goofy character and still be kind of like serious. Uh, I was trying to think of somebody for like Black Bart. Well, I was thinking either like Kevin Hart or Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock would be great for it, but he's probably a little too old for it now. Like maybe like if we were able to remake it in like it's the nineties, little long in the tooth yeah. now. But if he were like early two thousands, Chris Rock, I think he definitely. I think he's better than Kevin Hart would be for it. I don't know if Kevin Hart would take it. You know, play yeah. the right way. How about the Rock? <laughs> no, because you know, because poor Becky had to explain to her daughter why Daddy wanted to be, <laughs> well, up, Daddy Maui. Wanted to be up Maui. <laughs> um, well, that's a, a teaser for that too. Moana too coming out in November. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about oh, you know, who would you recast for the Madeline Con character? That's a difficult one, I think. I would go... Who? (laughs) It's Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. I was thinking uh, from SNL, uh, Kate McKinnon. Yeah. She'd be a good good. fit. Or like Kristen Wiig, one of those two. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, uh, no. (laughs) Catherine Hahn. The one who plays Agatha in, yeah, in, in yeah. WandaVision. <laughs> I think she'd be good at it. Uh, do we have anything else we want to add about this film other than how awesome it is? <laughs> <laughs> no. Happy birthday, 50 years. Happy Slug. 50th anniversary to Blazing Saddles. Mel Brooks still kicking, 97 <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah. He didn't age well. You know? nah, he, he, he looks 97 years old. <laughs> Every bit of it. Still sharp, Almost though, man. Still, still enough to run for president. Still, yeah. yeah. <laughs> still has his faculties, though. That doesn't count. 
I forgot to mention that I had killed that Lily Marlene very quickly earlier. So I didn't have any left, but I moved on to uh, Warhorse Brewery's uh, Rolling Storm Oktoberfest, uh, which uh, I was surprised that I still had in my fridge. So and I just kicked open the uh, Dogtoberfest Marzen Locker. Mike, are you feeling good? I'm feeling all right. <laughs> Do you have any beer trivia or history for us this evening? I do. I have a, I have a beer fun fact for you. Okay. Brewers in ancient Babylonia were held to a very high standard. Records indicate that brewers who produced poor quality beer could be sentenced to death by drowning. <laughs> wow. That is a high standard. Man, there'd be would a lot of to try, would they have to drown in their poor beer? Be a lot of, lot of breweries in trouble nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> glass for the lies. I've had my fair share of bad beers. <laughs> what is it pickled with? <laughs> Why does this taste like seawater? Like, <laughs> no, his name was Sir Walter. Sir Walter. <laughs> So thank you for joining us, everybody, tonight for episode 140, a look at Blazing Saddles at 50. We hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it for you. Don't forget to go to linktree.com slash films and fermentation. Find all of our social media and podcast links or email us to films and fermentation at gmail.com. Again, I encourage you to check out our website at films and fermentation.weebly.com. That's W-E-E-B-O-Y. And check out our blog section so you can see the uh, little short essay I wrote on why uh, Blazing Saddles is still culturally significant. Uh, don't forget, you can stop by the crossroads between pickled and fermented next time around for episode 141. Uh, with the Super Bowl just happening recently, there were a slew of movie trailers that were released, uh, particularly during the Super Bowl program itself. Uh, so I can thank Kevin for this idea because it is a preview of the films that are coming out in 2024. Uh, there's so many trailers that were released recently. We feel it'd be a good idea to kind of cover some of them and talk about some of the movies that we're excited about in the upcoming year. So don't forget to catch us next week for that episode. I'm Leo. I'm Kevin. I'm Mike. Where the white women at? <laughs> <laughs> she rode a blazing saddle, they wore a shining star. Again, you've been listening to Films and Fermentation Podcast. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Sing saddle, torch to light the way. <laughs> Point out the stupidity and the idiot—you know—the idiocracy of. You talking about the disclaimer at the beginning of the Max? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's really good. You know, I they're it was like, really yeah, good of course, of course, they use the N word, and it's all about racism, and it's about. You know uh, the Nazis and and the Ku Klux Klan, and it's it's beyond ridiculous, and it's supposed to be beyond ridiculous, and that's the point, you know. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys know this or not, but on our official website, I have a blog section 
and I occasionally post things there. And usually what I post are like my mini pod reviews. Um, but the other day when I was sitting in the, in the service center for like five hours waiting for my car, I had some time on my hands. So I wrote a little essay about defending blazing saddles and put it on our website. And I was going to mention it tonight. Should I just read some of it tonight? (laughs) Hey, we have an official website. Yes, we do. How long has that been around? Uh, since we started the show. <laughs> what would that be? Filmsandfermentation.com? You, you can find it on linktree.com slash filmsandfermentation. <laughs> it is filmsandfermentation uh-huh, uh-huh. weebly w-e-e-b-l-y dot com. Okay. He, he's missed that for 140 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I, What's I, this I, Weebly stuff that you're talking about, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I, let me read. Let me read the uh, the homepage to you. There's a picture of us. It says "Films and Fermentation," a Deluxe <laughs> Edition Network podcast. Your hosts, Kevin, Mike, and Leo. I even gave you guys top billing. Hey, we'll talk about their favorite films in conjunction with their favorite libations. Sometimes there is a theme between the film and the beverage. Sometimes it's just three guys shooting shit while getting shit faced. Enjoy. And that then I got some movie, post, movie posters on there. I got links to different podcast sites. I got links to the Deluxe Edition Network. I got links to some of our good pod friends. We have an about section that has pictures of us on it from different moments in our lives. So, Kevin. Technically, yeah. I haven't eaten much, and I'm drinking straight liquor. So there you go. I'm you in. might be a little surly. 